0: With your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Officially the first day of the NHL offseason. Welcome into uh, the program today. The BGK Insider Show launching our number two. And let's get uh, right into it because Darren Millard, along with the Ryan Wallace, pleased to bring in our good friend from the Vegas Golden Knights, Riley Smith. And uh, Riley, I just want you to know that I had nothing to do with giving you the wrong number. I had nothing to do with uh, being uh, tough to get a hold of in this interview. And we will make it up to you uh, with great promotion for this uh, battle for Vegas. Just want to get that out in the open open right off the bat that it was not my fault.
1: Well, I appreciate that. That's pretty much how I play hockey anyway. It's always <laughs> pointing the blame on someone else.
0: I had my guy. <laughs> that that's exactly. all I I had my guy. A hey, uh, Battle for Vegas uh, coming up, a uh, big uh, charity softball game. Uh, you did it a couple of years ago. Uh, looking forward to to taking this in. It uh it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, give me uh the the 411 for those that uh, that uh, maybe weren't involved uh, 2 years ago or are new to it.
1: Yep, so this is the second year we're doing it. Obviously, last year with COVID and everything, we um, had to postpone it a little bit, um, but we're very excited to uh, be able to do this softball game again where half-team is the Golden Knights and the others is um, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, You know, the first time we did it, it it was a great success. We raised over $130,000 for uh, pediatric cancer um, and the families along with that. Um, this year, we're, uh, the two charities that are going to benefit from it is the Miracle League and Grant-a-Gift Autism. So, um, obviously, children's charities that um, are locally felt here in Vegas.
0: Is, is these charities and this endeavor, is, is this something that comes from you, or do you partner with people and say, hey, it'd be fun to give back to the community? I'm, I'm curious the genesis of it.
1: Um, I partnered up with uh, with an agency in Vegas, and I think uh, one of the main things I really wanted to focus on was to be able to, to have an event to really give back to this local community that has given me and my family so much. Um, you know, it's been a godsend being traded to Vegas and being able to play here in front of these incredible fans and this passionate group. Um, I feel like I've been uh, welcomed here as if, uh, you know, it's a new home for me, and um the community like this, I think you really have to do things to, to give back, and I don't think there's a better way than uh, to focus on, on children and children who uh, need some support. Uh,
0: outstanding. Riley Smith with us, uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, forward, uh, talking about uh, the Battle for Vegas charity softball game, July 24th. You get tickets uh, through Ticketmaster, the Raiders against the Golden Knights. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace.
2: You know, Riley, when you look at kind of uh, assembling your team how much recruiting do you have to do uh, when talking to your teammates to, to get them to play in this game or are most guys like excited about the prospect of playing in this game uh, just because it's it's an awesome event
1: honestly everyone's very excited about it it's uh it's tough timing with our hockey season obviously um, a lot of people are from Canada or Europe and they and they go home to their um, their summer cities so there's a few guys that are still in town, and they're all going to participate, but everyone's really excited, and um, those guys who are out of town who still um, want to make the effort to come back to, to the city and be able to play, of course, there's always a spot on the roster for them.
0: Uh, 6.30 at night at the Las Vegas ballpark. I can't wait for it. The Battle for Vegas charity softball game. Raleigh Smith with us. Uh, do you have control of the lineup,
1: and where do you bat? Oh, yeah, I got a lot of control. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Usually we do uh, batting practice the day before, so yeah. I'll, I'll see where um, where my uh, my skills lay. And uh, you know, I'm I'm not too uh, much of a selfish manager, so um, you know, if I have to be at the top of the order, the bottom of the order, that that's all fine. Um, we don't have too many returning players, so it's pretty much like open tryouts. Do you you go
0: to the cage a couple of times, and and this is a serious question, just to try and uh, get a little bit of a groove going on before you go out there in front of, uh, like, a sold-out stadium?
1: Oh, 100%, yeah. I'm I'm really trying not to make a fool of myself. I didn't grow (laughs) up playing a lot of baseball. So um, I know before the first event I went out a couple times, and um, I think I did a good job not making a fool of myself. You know, I I don't think I was uh, the star of the event, but – if you're not remembered as one of the people who uh, were holding your team back, I, I think it's a positive look for me.
0: Uh, that's awesome. Riley Smith with us, the Vegas Golden Knight forward, uh, chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show. The battle for Vegas coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, July 24th, uh, 6.30 p.m., Las Vegas ballpark, the Raiders against the uh, Golden Knights.
2: Ryan? So Riley, if I'm not much mistaken, uh, the last time Jonathan Marcioso did pretty well for himself in the home run derby. So, like, who's going to be that next guy? Who's going to be the guy that that really shows well for the Golden Knights in the home run derby or in this game?
1: So I may have be uh, I may be looking into hiring a ringer just for the home run derby, and that's one of our <laughs> uh, <laughs> our uh, one of our or our uh, physical trainers mm-hmm. he played a little bit of uh college uh baseball Raul Durantes so um he came in last year and did batting practice with us and, and made everyone look uh like they're at a different level than him so Marchie did a great job last year um you may have to pass his throne over to Raul at least that's what I'm hoping but um it's always a lot of fun Marchie did a great job last year I think he hit nine or ten home runs and I think he might have tied chain victory or Jose can take for for the most by anyone, so we were pretty impressed by that. But uh, you know, he's got got small feet, and I hope Raul can uh, you know outshine him and definitely step into those shoes and, and maybe add something.
2: I didn't
0: know Raul could play.
1: Yeah, I'm. I was pretty shocked last year when we were doing batting practice. Everything was pretty much hitting our gym windows at City <laughs> National,
0: <laughs> and uh, that's the. I mean, when you talk about home run hitting contests and, and superstars, Jose Canseco uh, and, and Jonathan Marshall, so just they, they seem to go together uh, <laughs> like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I'll throw yeah, that one twin. up there. Yeah, twins. Exactly. Uh, Chris Chapman, let's, uh, let's bring you in here for a chat.
3: Hey, Riley. Uh, you, it's funny. You kind of mentioned guys being out of town, maybe some guys going to Europe. We all saw William Carlson was part of your team uh, two years ago. I noticed he's in Stockholm. Was that kind of by design?
1: It was not, no. Um, I think for him, it, it's been tough. You know, you're not able to, to go home last year, and I think a lot of people are feeling the same um, effects of it. So when you do get an opportunity to, to be able to go back to Canada or Europe, wherever it may be, you kind of have to jump on the opportunity this off season just because you didn't really have that um, ability to do that last year. Oh, well, I was thinking more Wait.
3: along the lines of, of, yeah, buddy, we really want you to be on the team, but maybe you should probably go home.
1: Oh, like
0: designated for assignment?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I, I personally didn't tell him to go kick rocks and uh, yeah. fly across the pond, but um, <laughs> I don't think we'll be missing him that much. You know, I don't think he brought the um, the highest level of maybe hard work to the table that we needed out of him last year. So um, my my goal for this year is to bring in some, some young, hungry players and uh, – you know, we may not be the most talented, but we're going to work the hardest.
0: Hey, it's a good chance to get to know some of the Raiders too.
1: It is, yeah. And there's a, pretty much a star-studded lineup on on their roster. So, um, like I said, it comes down to just having a, a great night for a great cause, and hopefully, we can put on a good show for the fans.
0: Uh, Riley Smith with us uh, for a couple of minutes here. Uh, the Battle for Vegas charity softball game coming up on July 24th, 6:30 start, uh, and the Raiders against the the Golden Knights. This will be kind of cool because it might be the closest, uh, most interaction fans have been able to have with you guys probably in a couple of years, eh?
1: I think so, too, and I think that's um, something that we should be grateful for. Right. Um, You know, growing up in Canada and having a lot of family and friends back there right now, they're not as fortunate as we are in this pandemic right now. So um, to be able to make the most of it right now and be able to have those interactions and be able to put on an event like this for charity and such a great cause, I think we're very fortunate. Uh,
0: before I let you go, we're, we're inside 20 days of the expansion draft. Uh, what were you feeling this time in 2017, and compared to what some of the guys are feeling right now—not in your team, but uh, you know, they're around the league—and uh, do you follow it all? Uh, what some of the talk is.
1: Personally, right now, I'm trying not to follow too much <laughs> of it. Um, I know I did when I was playing with Florida before right. the expansion draft. There's just so many moving parts. I think uh, this year is going to be a little different. I think it was it was new territory for everyone uh, four summers ago, and no one really knew what to expect or what gigantic moves teams were going to make to to protect players and give up other players. So um, I don't think there'll be as much movement this year, but at the same time, who knows? It's it's uh it's kind of like a an open slate right now, and I think a lot of teams are trying to make certain moves because of a flat cap next year. Um, So hopefully, you know, I'm not in the headlines, but uh, we are pretty fortunate uh, being able to play here in Vegas and not be one of the teams where you have to give up a player.
0: Back to the softball. Uh, Will Pete DeBoer be your manager, or is he going to have to buy a ticket and sit in the stands and watch you go at it?
1: If he's coming, he's absolutely buying a ticket.
0: (laughs) Hey, where's the trophy? Uh, It's a great
1: trophy, and the Raiders won it. Do you have any idea
0: where this piece of hardware is?
1: Um, I do not know right now. I hope it's not in uh, John Gruen's pool or something. Because uh, it, it there piece are of... bragging rights, and we'd like to get those back.
0: Uh, nice job! Uh, congratulations on it. It's a heck of a cause, and the the commercial has been running, and there's a lot of excitement about it. I love seeing the participation from both sides, and uh, and we can't wait to uh, to witness it in person. It's, it's kind of the the back to normal moment for uh, all of us as uh, as we watch it, and uh, you should be commended for it. Thanks, Riley.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, and thanks for having
0: me on. Uh, there's Riley Smith uh, with us, uh, joining us, and now that we got the right number, and we're uh, back up mm-hmm. and running with the Battle for Vegas charity softball game. It's Saturday, July 24th. Now, plan accordingly, and this, this is a good time, because on the 23rd, which is a Friday, you've got mm-hmm. round one of the National Hockey League draft, which will be on Fox Sports Las yes. Vegas. A VGK Insider Show will give way to Round one of the National Hockey League Draft. Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless. uh, All the team will be part of it. Then that night is the opening ceremony. Actually, it would probably have already happened. Uh, At some point during that day, you've got the opening ceremony for the uh, Olympic Games in Tokyo. And then you go into Saturday, and you've got day one officially of the Summer Olympics and the 6.30 Battle for Vegas. And so it's not too early to start... Planning out the calendar for this thing, and you get to see all kinds of stars, uh, hockey players and football players that have a riot uh, taking part in this thing, and you might be able to get some autographs too.
2: Yeah, well, that's, that that but... for me, and it, I'll tell you, like when when I went out to the first battle for Vegas, uh, I think the lasting image for me of that night wasn't anything that happened on the field. Uh, There were a couple of moments that were pretty awesome to to witness, but it was really uh, Golden Knights players, Raiders players, taking their time after the game was over along the 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 edge of the field where the seats start signing autographs interacting with fans and you know I don't know in terms of protocols what is or isn't going to be allowed for this game but I can tell you that if there is an opportunity for that to happen um, knowing what I saw from from this game a couple of years ago uh, it you know it, it, it's something to keep an eye on and, and hopefully strive for if you go out to the event
0: uh, we've been running the commercials for a while go to Ticketmaster, uh, check out the availability. I might just do that uh, while we're on the air right now because I imagine uh, things will go fairly quickly. Tickets uh, between 40 and and $100. Uh, and pretty cool to be able to watch some of your favorite athletes. And uh, now with the, the Raiders uh, up and running, like if, I, if I was a Golden Knight, I'd be saddling up to mm-hmm. one of those Raiders saying, hey, uh, what about uh, maybe a uh, quid pro quo here? I'll, uh, I'll slide you into a Golden Knights game. Get me into a couple of Raider games. Sure. Is that uh, yeah? Is I, that I too that. Uh, too sketchy?
2: No, I mean that's that's something you would do. I, yeah. I Totally. Would get you it. not
0: do it? Yeah.
2: I mean i I would I would try to get into as many games as I could. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh. And Nothing uh, wrong with you. It might not. It uh, might be the the again.
0: The the one time that you can uh, mingle a little bit or closest that you, you can to to mingle, uh, Revo is going to play for sure. I would think um, the way that uh, that he smashes the ball, so I would expect him to be out there. And uh, Riley mentioned a couple of the kids. Does that mean that somebody like Cody Glass or you know who would probably have a really smooth swing? Hmm. Nick Hag, like I see that yeah. a tall drink of water. With one of those big, smooth, <laughs> loopy swings, and doesn't look like he's hit, swinging it hard, and the ball goes on to City National Arena.
2: Yeah, I, um, I, I, think Nick Hague would be, uh, probably one of those guys that I think shows up at the at the baseball game and then absolutely crushes it. I, I think you're kind of right on the money. Um, for me, I, I don't know. But something tells me Zach Whitecloud, if if he's going mm, to be in town, if he's call. going to be a part of the game, it, there's I just don't think that there's anything that that kid does badly. So I would imagine that if you put him if you put him on the diamond, he's going to perform. So uh, Zach Whitecloud would be my guy.
3: Now, Darren, I I know lacrosse is a very big sport up in Canada. In fact, I believe it's the national sport of Canada. But we hear a lot of these guys telling us that they Gosh. that they played lacrosse when they were younger and it helped them develop good hand eye coordination. Is that something that you would agree with? Is is there a correlation between high and high, geez hand eye coordination and and lacrosse?
0: So you're getting this from Wikipedia? No,
3: I'm not looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> I, I am going based on. I can't remember who it was that told, that told me he played a lot of lacrosse growing up, and he said it helped him with his, his hand-eye coordination. Yeah, a lot of, a
0: lot of guys do play uh, lacrosse. Uh, John Cooper, big lacrosse player at Hofstra, the coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning.
3: Back when they were the Flying Dutchman, maybe? Uh,
0: I don't know about that. You have to check Wikipedia and uh, for confirmation. <laughs> i got to ask him when but, I ever talk to him. Uh, lacrosse is the national sport, of, like, officially. We've always kind of joked about that. Because hockey was kind of uh, the Canada's thing, but uh, yeah, I would I would think uh, lacrosse would be uh, a very effective for uh, athletes to be able to like both in hockey or or baseball to be able to catch that thing field lacrosse or or indoor um, is and be able to to with both hands like being switch switch your hands up that that's a skill in itself uh, with the cross uh, but. I don't know whether I don't know whether Riley ever played it it's big in southern in pockets of Canada Southern Ontario it's huge uh BC it's huge uh wasn't big on the prairies we were just all hockey all the time that's what we were
3: and uh curling right that's a big big sport in the prairies usually in the winter though yeah yeah not a lot no, of it's uh, always it seems like it's always winter up there have you ever curled I'd love to but no, no I have no. not no,
0: have you nope. ever curled, Ryan? No, no. Okay, we'll get it. We'll get. It. We'll we'll go throw some rocks. Uh, oh, that sounds like uh, so much fun. Day. Yeah, it's. Um, is I, it? it? Ryan doesn't think it sounds like fun.
3: Now I got to ask you: Can can adult beverages be involved?
0: Yeah. Oh,
3: for sure. oh, I'm so there. Wait, Wait a I minute, mean, on the ice? Like, Why not?
0: Like, is there any better thing than pounding a couple of cold beers and then going and? Mm-hmm. Out on ice and wearing oh, and wearing man. shoes that are they even have more spikes? slippery. No. Oh, they're slippery. Yeah, well, you slide. Oh, I, oh no! <laughs> like, is there anything? Oh, is, there anything no. is there anything better than pounding a Wait couple a of beers, walking on ice with a slider on? Oh no! Yeah, so
2: I think we hold off now. just uh, <laughs> until after until, until after. Now I see what your end game here is. Yeah. You're just trying to lure Chapman into a into a trap. I get it. To, I'll have to yeah. wear a
3: helmet. Oh, <laughs> uh, they do. The kids, you should. the kids wear. It. <laughs> you should. Well, wow. Well, mentally I'm like a kid. So my my daughter uh, my daughter Could, he had,
0: had to wear a helmet when she when she started. Uh with it. But
2: Riley Smith against like,
0: Marcus Allen, the captains of the uh Battle for Vegas. Uh We have to do a curling one too.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay. Now the I, I like, the listen, would I would, I would do it. I would do it, but like I, I, I firmly believe that the games that are best played as adults are the games that you can absolutely drink at and, and get drunk. Like curling, bowling is the great bowling is great because the the drunker you are, the better you bowl. It's I mean, just it's just a fact. Like I don't I don't feel like you can do that with curling. I'm at,
0: I'm going to ask you a question that I've only ever received one answer to. Have you okay. ever had a bad time bowling? No. 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 It's unanimous. No. no. You could ask anybody, anywhere. Hey, just walk up to somebody in Smith's or wherever uh, and go, hey, um, excuse me, and then uh, if they don't run away and think you're really weird, ask them a question. You ever have a bad time bowling? <laughs> they could have bowled once. Who do you, think you are, I am. They could have bowled a thousand <laughs> times. Have you ever had a bad time bowling? The answer is no. And you throw in disco bowling or uh, crank up the 80s tunes.
3: Oh, the cosmic it's, bowling is the yeah, best. Let's
0: let's do that one day.
3: Yeah, I'm on board. Throw you
2: down the lane? Okay. <laughs> bumpers up or bumpers down? Oh, man. down, down. Who bowls with bumpers? Yeah, you can't have bumpers on. Come on.
3: What are uh, we, five?
2: I love the bumpers. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Right. Any any way you can win on a technicality, you will yeah.
0: get right cranked up, throw the bumpers on, and and <laughs> bowl a perfect game. Bumpers are like ghosts, great equalizer. Uh, away, away you go, Canada, they have five pin bowling too, uh, which is uh, which is fun. What's the uh, one well. with
3: the little ball? Isn't that a that's big five pin? Five pin, okay.
0: I just said that.
3: Well, I didn't know it was. The... I I knew there was like oh, a game boy. with a little ball. I didn't realize it was called five pin.
0: Uh, that's also called shot put. Yes, <laughs> uh, it's at the uh, the Olympic Games. By the way, no no spectators, eh?
3: Yeah, saw that. Big yeah. news today. State of emergency. So you, unfortunately, you will not be able to go to Deathmatch in Hell.
0: Doesn't sound like it.
3: Yeah, Golden Guy sounds like it's going to be closed. So what am I going to do? Well, I, I got something else for you today. Really? Yes. So you 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 pivoted
0: off the state of emergency announcement in Tokyo in Japan. It, it's it's just, just Tokyo, right? That's no. Got the state of emergency. I think it's
3: it's all the surrounding areas too because. They were going to have events in other prefectures, Kanagawa, Chiba, Mm -hmm. Saitama. They're not allowed to have spectators either.
0: I'll be following the Battle for Vegas from Japan. Yeah. Because I won't be allowed to go out and do anything uh, (laughs) in in Japan. Uh, Did did you guys deal with Kucherov? I know I missed uh, hour number one, and I apologize for that. I, I got little snippets of it. I just want to acknowledge, bad series for the Ghosts like really disappointing series for the Montreal ghosts
2: um you want to know why that is because they don't exist Darren because I've been telling you that they don't exist they hmm. they are the re like the ghosts didn't win the Canadians the series against Vegas the ghosts didn't do anything in terms of the Stanley Cup final like ghosts don't exist you want to know why because they don't exist period you just don't believe they had no no impact
0: Uh, The idea of Tampa winning back-to-back was a great um, writing of uh, a difficult situation last summer. And we all would have rather watched the Golden Knights claim the championship this year. But failing that, did it not feel appropriate that the Tampa Bay Lightning won last night and won in front of their home crowd and were able to enjoy the moment with their families and, and with their supporters?
2: I think it was one of those moments that, you know, in, in as you kind of distill everything that's happened over the last two seasons, and when you take into account what it looked like when they won in the bubble versus what that scene was like last night, you're absolutely right. It, it was really, really nice to see that group of men able to celebrate in front of their fans on home ice with, fa- with family in the building to watch on.
0: I'm a, I'm a believer that losing always hurts more than winners enjoy the moment. And that's just because you can't get over that pure disappointment. And it may be, in this case, for Montreal, your one shot. But Tampa's mm-hmm. excitement level and not even relief, but just... Utter joy caught me a little bit off guard last night. Being that it was back-to-back championships, I thought it might be a little more reserved, but that looked like their first title, and it looked like that they'd done some kind of Cinderella run and pulled off the the impossible, even though that wasn't the case. But the the joy and the, the celebration pointed to that.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're you're spot on there in terms of of Tampa. Like, I, as as nice as it was to win the Stanley Cup against Dallas in the bubble, I, I think that this one kind of means maybe something a little bit more, just simply because uh, you were able to kind of get those familiar moments when you win a championship. That though that that ability to to celebrate on the ice, the ability to to just kind of be among your fans and to see and watch them cheer you on and and share in that moment. Um, I I think that this one meant a lot to the Tampa Bay Lightning and and maybe even just a little bit more uh, than the first one.
0: My favorite moment was when Gary Bettman first walked out when the Stanley Cup was uh, put at its table. And he said, uh, come on up here, we're going to do it like we did last year. Uh, And everybody comes up, but Stamkos is the first one there. And it was mm-hmm. a small little action. But as all the players are gathering around Gary Bettman and the Stanley Cup, uh, Steven just leans down and gives the Stanley Cup a little kiss. And it was like, <laughs> hello, old friend. And it was like something you'd give your, <laughs> your, your kid when you, you pick them up from, from grade two or something, to that effect. Like, I, I yeah. missed you. Uh, you're adorable. Hello, old friend, and uh, and it it was small, it was quick, it was uh, you you blink, you miss it, but it was just not many grown men just walk over to tr- trophy and just give it a little, and it,
2: it was genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, in fairness, not many trophies are the Stanley Cup, so um, you know I, that that that's a great moment uh, for me. And it's going to be this for a while. It is. um, And it's Nikita Kucherov, not not the press conference, not what he said, not any of that. But it was walking into the room, clapping, just absolute joy. And, And one of those moments where you look at a player and you say, okay, he really, really, really lives to be a champion. We know they care. And then mm-hmm. you see them yeah. act like children,
0: so uh, <laughs> unbridled with their emotion, and you realize, because we're, we watch them in Zoom, we watch them in news conferences when we're allowed to be around them, um, you, you don't see them just come unglued, let loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Real I'm, th- Behind the scenes, I'm sure that there's some of that. But even then, uh, there's, there's a poise factor. That, it was amazing. By the way, the press conference, that's, if you're going to be mad at anybody, be mad at the, uh, like, the NHL or whoever's running that thing. Not Nikita Kucherov. Like, I... <laughs> I couldn't believe, and we had a discussion with somebody today, he's out there with a beer, no shirt on, mm-hmm. like tarp off, yep, and and yep. swearing. If... If you're surprised at what he said after tuning in and seeing him with a beer and no shirt, then that's on you. What <laughs> when was the last time you saw a, an athlete just walk to the podium, cold beer, no 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 gear on, and and sit there? Never. So the yeah. what he said was almost irrelevant. Like I'm glad he didn't do more. And and what he said he, he could have been more. Uh, I guess respectful of marc Andre Fleury or Connor Halibut, mm-hmm. uh, although mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't follow the league that closely. I don't know, uh, but but he could have been a little more respectful there. I don't I don't hold that against him. I don't think he was. Mm-hmm. I think he was more pumping his buddy's tires. Uh, that he was yeah, trying no, to be I, uh, disrespectful. Although the animosity and the the chirping of the Montreal fans is going to make uh, that first game, because they're in the same division now, Montreal and Tampa. They go back playing <laughs> each other uh, a bunch of times. That's going to make that uh, a, a lot more enjoyable, uh, watching Kucherov get booed at, at the Bell Centre.
2: Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, in terms of what Kucherov said and uh, that press conference, like, I... I, I you know what you're getting in that moment. Like when, when Kucherov sets the table there, like it's only going to go one way. And, and I, I don't have any issue whatsoever with a teammate saying, you know what? I think my goaltender who just won back-to-back Stanley cups and has closed out the last five series that we have won with a shutout. I think he's the best goalie in the world. I'm not going to hold that against Kucherov. And you know what? I, I'm not going to hold a personality against the player either. Like That's what I want to see more of in the sport. I want to see guys that go out there, that speak their mind, that don't speak in cliches, don't talk about just getting pucks in deep. Like, I want a little bit more emotion, and that's what we got out of Kucherov last night.
0: You know what? You know how you do that? Booze at the podium. How? (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Instead of the uh, the Gatorade cups or the Powerade cups, whatever uh, brand that you choose to drink, uh, and the ice Mm -hmm. chips, booze, tequila. Let's go, and then you'll get some 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 press conferences. But the the National Hockey League could have squashed that right away if they wanted to, and sure. and I give them credit for for not telling him, sending him back to get a shirt on or whatever. You know what's going to happen if you send him back? <laughs> he's not he's not returning. <laughs> so you're not, not getting, coming back. You're not getting Nikita Kucherov for your <laughs> for your post game. So you kind of have to walk that line uh, at that point. But I'm not. If I'm running that Zoom session, I'm not going to be the one to walk up to Nikita Kucherov and say, "We need a shirt," and you got to lose the beer. Uh, and so good, good on them for for letting it uh, letting it go a little bit and and showing uh, some unscripted uh, emotion uh, out there. Remember last year the, the the Cooper and the coaches with the, the cigars and and everything. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, that that's great stuff. And yeah, he swore a couple of times. Not not perfect. But I'll give him a pass. And I just love the biggest knock over the years. Biggest knock on European players was that they wanted to win the world championship or the winter Olympics more mm-hmm. than they wanted to win the Stanley cup. Yep. And uh, that's not the case. Not the case with Nikita Kucherov. And, uh, and it's not the case with uh, with his teammates either. That's uh, that was pretty impressive for Montreal. Those tears last night that you saw, were genuine. I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. why you saw so many players crying, and it wasn't because they just lost last night. That wasn't the only reason why you saw guys just falling apart emotionally after they were bounced from the Stanley Cup final. It's the VGK Insider Show coming back with one-timers on Fox Sports Las Vegas
2: on to the near wing. Big shot. He scores.
3: It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day.
2: And it's a Thai hockey game.
3: On the BGK
0: Insider Show. He so had the joy last night. Just euphoria inside the arena uh, with coaches, with the management. Uh, Julian Breezebaugh. One note on the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. To avoid making a coaching change back when they... Missed the playoffs, and then with when he was with Steve Eisenman and then got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. There was pressure. Didn't make the change, and they come back and went back to back. They might have won back to back anyway, but I think it's really uh, a lesson there that sometimes patience can pay off. Others, it's a little more obvious that you got to make the switch with the coach. But there's two people. Steve Eiserman in Detroit just gave Jeff Blaschel the extension. Like they're nowhere close to competing, and and have had a couple of bad seasons. And anybody else makes a change there, I I would be, you would be, everybody makes a change there, just to change it up. He he doesn't, and uh, and uh, Brisbois is kind of cut from that same uh, management style. So uh, good on good on them. That might have been. The best move they didn't make uh, and all the moves that we talk about uh, in acquisitions at the trade deadline. So impressive from Breeze Blas front. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens did make a change this year. Uh, mid-season change uh, moving on from Claude Julien to Dominic Ducharme. Uh, they find something in this postseason. Uh, good goaltending, some some kids that, uh, that found their groove, Caulfield. Uh, but the reason why you saw the emotion from the Gallaghers and the price and as emotional as Kerry can get. Uh, Webbers uh, is that that to me. Tampa, when they lost in 2015, you could see that there was going to be a framework to challenge in the next few years. Took them a while, but that's three finals in seven years for Tampa Bay, and they're not fluke finals. Montreal, if you're honest, Montreal's going to have trouble making the playoffs next year. That may be that group's not going to be close for a while. And if you're if you're talking having trouble to make the playoffs next year, then you're a ways away from really competing when things are back to normal over an eighty-two game. The emotion that you saw to Montreal last night was last shot, or that could have been my last and best shot at winning this thing. And they weren't the best team in the playoffs. They weren't the second best team in the playoffs. But they found something, and they, they were on this Cinderella type run. And at times you start to believe that it's really gonna happen. And when it doesn't, it looked crushing.
2: It was um, it was a, a feeling that I, I felt in, you know, the Golden Knights inaugural season. When you you go on that run, you get to the Stanley Cup final, you've been so good all year, and you're on the cusp, right? Cinderella story. Can it Can it actually happen? And then it doesn't. And even though Vegas has been very good since then, even though they've been deep in the playoffs, they still have yet to get back to the Stanley Cup final. And it's, it's one of those moments where you just realize how difficult this trophy is to win. And for the Canadians, when you look at, how this season broke down, you look at the realignment of the divisions and you look at how much a little bit of belief was able to get them through a couple of series where they, they should have been gone. You know, you look at what they were able to do in coming back against Toronto. You look at what they were able to do in sweeping Winnipeg in playing so well against Vegas. And then you just get to a point where you can't find that next piece of momentum to bring you over the top um, knowing what next year is going to look like, it it was really hard. It's a really hard and really empty feeling. I would imagine right now for the Montreal Canadiens. What's more likely? Tampa repeats and wins
0: its third in a row, or the Montreal Canadiens win the uh, win the right to qualify for the playoffs.
2: Oh, the uh, the Tampa peats That's amazing. Sure.
0: That's amazing when <laughs> when you consider they were both the they were the finalists.
2: Yeah, uh, I agree. It, with you. It's, going, it's going to be the same thing that we saw last year. Dallas struggled to make the playoffs, didn't make the playoffs. Montreal is going to struggle to make the playoffs, and Tampa Bay is going to be there because they're just that good.
0: Uh, more questions. I wanted to throw this out uh, today. Thanks for reminding me. Who has more questions? The Seattle Kraken, who don't have a roster, mm-hmm. or the Philadelphia Flyers?
2: Ah, uh, yikes. Um, Philly. Philly. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Like, do you believe that Carter Hart can rebound? Do you think that you have the team that you expected to have this year? Do you think that this was just kind of an aberration of a year? Or is is this really what the Flyers are? And, and how do you change it? Like, I, I think... In terms of just kind of being in a in a better spot to clearly understand what your team is going to be next year, it's the Seattle Kraken have less question marks about them than the Philadelphia Flyers do.
0: Who has more questions, the Seattle Kraken or the Calgary Flames? Um, John, Johnny Goudreau, I think, has played his last game there.
2: Yeah, yeah. What what you get from uh, from a Gaudreau trade, I think, is kind of up in the air. Um, i would probably say seattle more so than calgary like you've got daryl sutter you know exactly what you what you're going to get or what you should expect from your coach i think you've got a goalie that, that is certainly going to be better uh this year i i believe in jacob markstrom so i i think it's the seattle kraken that have more question marks than the calgary flames who has more questions the seattle kraken
0: or the boston bruins (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is all you, Ryan
2: um, Yeah, I, I'm going to go Boston uh, you, you know, you, you don't really know what the status is Going to be for Tuka Rask He's, he's obviously not going to be available for the start Of the year. Is Tuka going to Be a Bruin? Like, do you want to bring Tuka Rask back? Like, that's going to be the big Question. Uh, Patrice Bergeron How many more miles does he really Have? What are you doing with David Krejci? What are you doing with Taylor Hall? There's a ton of questions right now surrounding the Boston Bruins. I think they've got way more questions than the Seattle Kraken.
0: Dallas Stars or Florida Panthers? Who
2: has more questions? E. <laughs> um, you know what? I- I'm going to say Dallas. Uh, that's an aging core, and you've got some young guys, but this year was just kind of a weird one but i still think that there are some legitimate questions surrounding the dallas stars and for me in, in terms of florida the only question is are they the team that we saw this year are they that good are they going to be um, a team that's in the playoffs or are they not but for me dallas it's, it's a little bit deeper um, in terms of do they need to rebuild or reset or I, I don't. I don't even know what the right answer is for Dallas right now.
3: I think that's th- this. This one is really interesting because I feel like Dallas has probably more question marks, but I feel like Florida has the biggest question mark, and that's is Bobrovsky just done, and can Spencer Knight step up and be the guy, or is Bobrovsky ever going to return to the player that Florida thought they were getting when they signed him to that massive contract?
0: Florida hasn't won a series since 1996. Oh. Dallas went to the final last year.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, St. Louis has a question mark right now. <laughs> Vladimir Tarasenko,
3: yes. he wants out. Yep. Doesn't that seem to be the story every year with Tarasenko? Yeah. yeah
0: I don't think so. I, I think that there, there's moments where you thought about moving him out, but mm-hmm. he's been a pretty good, pretty loyal guy there. Not happy. The the story is that he's not happy with the way his shoulder was handled. He's had multiple surgeries hmm. in the, on, the, on the same shoulder. He makes a pile of money. Would you acquire him if you could? What am I kidding? So,
2: seven and a half million dollars for the next two years on Tarasenko. Um 29 years old. Stanley Cup champion. I like the player. I've always liked the player. Uh, I would go after Vladimir Tarasenko because I, I think if, if his shoulders healthy and he is healthy, he's a, a good player that has a lot of experience in winning in, in winning hockey. So, yeah, I'd go after him.
3: I'm staying away.
1: <laughs>
3: That's kind of where I'm at. Too many question
0: marks.
1: Really?
3: Too much money too. too much for,
0: for too much money.
2: I, yeah, but it, like it's only two years. Yeah, but right? I don't like I don't want to lock myself into that for the, two years. Yeah, but there's a there's an opportunity. There's a chance that he can come in and and if he's healthy, be amazing.
3: There's like, also a chance. he I, I mean, be... I get it. You
2: you're you're looking at a player that I understand the money is tight. I get it. I do. But if he can, if he's that player, you identify as being someone that can take you over the top. And you have the space to do it, and you're looking for someone that can help you immediately, versus trying to make a big splash for Jack Eichel, and you don't even know if he's going to play next year. I I, I think, I think Vladimir Tarasenko is a perfectly good player that can still help a team at seven and a half million dollars for the next two years.
0: Rank these players, knowing that the compensation will vary, and one of the players mm-hmm. is going to require just a, a, a ransom. Uh, to acquire and others, you might be able to get it a little bit more reasonable. So weigh that in your answer, but give me these four players in order that you would acquire: Seth Jones, Johnny Gaudreau, Jack Eichel, and Vladimir Tarasenko. Eichel, Jones, Tarasenko,
2: Gaudreau. Gaudreau last.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- I would have Jones
1: first. I'm.
2: I'm- I'm looking to win hockey games in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and I know how I know how ridiculous that sounds when I say Jack Eichel first, but I, I believe in the playoffs he can be a difference maker. Well, you're hoping. I
0: you got to believe. Like there's zero body of work there.
2: No, no, there's there's no proof of concept there. I, I'm I'm very much aware of that, but that's that's my reasoning for Goodrow mm-hmm. fourth,
0: then, I mean. Matthews, McDavid, like there's, hmm. I'm not sure I agree with that logic yeah. because I just don't know whether uh, you can make that, that logic when compared to other players of his same sphere and they haven't, they haven't produced. Now, if you just want to run regular season games, uh, I'm going Goudreau, Eichel, Jones, Tarasenko. And and the reason mm-hmm. I do that is because I don't think I'll have to give up as much to get Goodrow or Eichel because I think you can you can work some magic there with uh, with Kevin Adams. Uh, just uh, having some fun here uh, as we uh, go through the uh, fun part of working our way towards the expansion draft and the National Hockey League draft. Those are your one-timers for this Thursday, July on Fox Sports Las Vegas. All right. How much time do we have? Just a little 60. bit. 60. we got 60 six? seconds. Okay. Let's catch up with Chapman some advice for Tokyo. All right.
3: Well, I know you're going to be doing beach volleyball. That is taking place in an area called Odaiba. It's a very cool area. Check out Pallet Town. Excuse me. Pallet Town, while you are in that area, they have a really cool car exhibit. They have all these cool futuristic prototypes, and they also have, like, these cool go-karts that I've never seen anything like them. They have a massive Ferris wheel, like ours here at one time, it was the largest in the world. And they also have this really cool digital art exhibit where the art is all over the room and it moves with you and if you're walking through like a field it'll look like the field is moving as you walk and you can kind of brush your arms over and it'll go over it pallet town check Palletown. it out yeah very very close to of course where we you-
0: started this hour where you said i couldn't go anywhere
3: i didn't say that on the air though <laughs> uh we'll be back with you tomorrow